And you come home, you know, you're tired, you just skated for an hour, you know, you're cold. Chicken McNuggets taste amazing in that specific situation. <laughs> Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, we're back for another episode of Medical Dads. How are you doing over there, Stu? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. You know, we're talking about junk food. In a way, our show is like junk food. How is our show like junk food? <laughs> because it's so irresistible and you can't get enough of it. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I, I didn't like the junk connotation, but I'll buy that. <laughs> Maybe I should have just said our, our show is like food in general. It nourishes yeah. you and you need it to survive. I mean, if you put it in the pantheon, you know, on the list of medical podcasts, our 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 show is definitely not vegetables, and it's probably not protein either. <laughs> That's right. So, for those who haven't figured out what we're talking about today, what exactly is the topic? <laughs> we're here to give the official medical doctor approved guide to junk food. Right. And I don't think this is something that's ever been done because medical doctors in general abhor junk food. We hate junk food. We are disgusted when our patients, you know, tell us about their junk food eating habits. To clarify, this isn't us talking about our uh, list of approved junk food. This is just our approved list of junk food. No, no, no. It is the list of approved junk foods. Oh, OK. You know, it is. But those things are one and the, the same, really. We have to accept that when patients come in to see us and they, they tell us that they eat chips or they eat, you know, you know, French fries or they eat candy. Yeah. We have to accept that this is a normal human behavior, right? We can't crack down on the patients and be, you know, all judgmental and all when then at the same time we go home and eat the same things ourselves. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> That's true. We're, we're only human. We're doctors. We're not naturopaths. We can't expect people to actually live a healthy lifestyle all the time and only eat organic <laughs> foods. Yeah, we're, we're realists, ultimately, right? We understand people eat this stuff, and in sometimes in vast quantities, right? But I feel like we're doing short shrift to reality when we try to pretend that this isn't a thing and, you know, we should all never touch junk food. We should never have a sugared beverage. You know, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put patients under in this day and age. You know, when they walk into a grocery store and they realize, uh, I'm not actually supposed to buy any of these things. Every single thing I buy in this store, short of the things on the side aisles, everything on the middle part of the store, if I buy is somehow violating, you know, either their health or the environment or some sort of like fair trade coffee regulation of some sort. Like you can't come out of a, a grocery store feeling cleansed at all. It's like a, it's like a filthy experience. It's not unlike, you know, coming out of a strip club in the middle of the night and just feeling icky about the whole thing. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that feels like. <laughs> Me neither. Just from what I've heard. <laughs> I would have thought you'd come out of a strip club going, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty ick. Gotta say. <laughs> So, so we're here to talk about junk food, but before we get into this, first thing off is summer plans, 
you know, it's we're getting into mid-March and it's definitely getting late. Like summer is only two or three months away. And our family has been very reluctant to plan anything. And I think we touched on this in one of the recent episodes yeah, right, right. about COVID winding down. What are we going to do? And I, I really have trouble seeing further than two feet in front of my face at this point in the pandemic. There are already some articles creeping up in the news about another wave coming, right? There's been a new, uh, there's, there was a big wave in Asia, like in Hong Kong, there's the Om Omicron B2 variant. There's yeah. some talk that this variant is picking up steam in the US. But is it making and, people oh, sicker? Because that, that was not quite clear for what's happening in China. It's, it's still not clear. I mean, we're reading the Western news, so everything coming out of China is not clear to anybody. <laughs> but not clear if it's making people sicker. It doesn't sound like it is, but it just sounds like it's another wave. And it's not clear if the vaccines that we have existing now will work for it or not. It's a little bit like what we were discussing right before Omicron hit. <laughs> so it's not unreasonable to think that there could be another wave, which makes planning for the summer super difficult at this point. Yeah, I mean, I suppose for the news coming out of China, if they, if they reported 100 cases, that would be... Uh, compared to what they've been reporting so far, that would be a massive outbreak. That would be a huge, overwhelming jump in their in their numbers. Just the other day, they reported two deaths, which is like the first two deaths they've had in a long time. Oh, okay. Which seems like, wow, they're reporting two deaths. Like, there's like hundreds of deaths in Ontario every day, and we don't really seem to blink an eye. It's not international news anymore. And those, those two deaths were people who died directly from COVID or who uh, were put down as a control measure to stop COVID from spreading? <laughs> No comment from me, but either way, it's not a nice situation. Can't, can't say more than what we just kind of glance over in the news. But so here's the thing. We're a few months from summer mm -hmm. and the story in my household is that we have this travel credit looming over us. Still. Right. Oh, March, 2020, you know, right when COVID was about to hit, yeah. if everyone remembers COVID was going to hit that March in... March break and we had this trip planned to go to Cuba that that spring we were going to go to Cuba and then we got closer and closer to the day and we started seeing all these news stories like there's this virus there's COVID COVID is coming to Toronto mm -hmm. you know and at that time we had the conversation should we go should we use the ticket will we be able to come back right yeah. and this is the beginning of the whole thing when you know we became super anxious human beings unable to deal with any sort of stress and we said forget it we're not going right which in hindsight was okay there were people who went you know i think if we had gone we still would have been able to come back but if it had just been a few more days later that the province actually or the country started telling people don't go on trips cut your vacation short yeah. get back and home, you may not right? be so, able, we may not let you back in they were saying yeah so right no, that at that point there were a lot of unknowns it wasn't unreasonable to not go but since we didn't go, the company said, okay, we're going to give you a travel credit, right? And initially the travel credit was going to be for six months. And then this, you know, cued more conversation at home. Like, well, are we going to go somewhere in the next few months? Like, this is why we're stuck at home, unable to even open our front door. Cause we were afraid, you know, if you open the door, the germs would just blow right in yeah. right, with the wind. And so eventually Sunwing, the company that we got the vacation credit with said, you have two years to spend it. Right. You have two years to use your vacation credit. Two years is going to expire June of 2022. So, and at the time they gave us this, we're like, ah, oh, good. We have two years. We'll outweigh the pandemic and then we'll go on a nice holiday. Well, yeah. now I look up and June 2022 is two months from now. <laughs> right. And, and people are traveling and people are OK going places. Uh -huh. 
we're still kind of sitting on the fence, right? Should we go? Should we not go? Like we want to go. We really have to book it now. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bit of a thing. I, w- I wasn't super comfortable with fly on airplane. And I, I heard, I remembered on the last episode, you mentioned that you guys are going to PEI. Yeah. So I thought in my back of my mind, I was like, well, if, if Stu is going on an airplane with his four kids to PEI, I mean, that's within Canada, then it should be okay. Let's go. Let's go to the Caribbean. I'm trying to convince myself of this. <laughs> Except we are not taking an airplane to PEI. We're driving to <laughs> <Yeah>. PEI. <laughs> So I didn't even know that was possible. I thought PEI was an island. I, I didn't know you could actually drive across to it. But apparently that's a thing you can do during the pandemic. Somebody went and built a bridge. Somebody went and built a bridge to that island. So, luckily for Canadians, you don't have to fly or swim to get to Prince Island. So, it's, so you're telling me, you were telling me before the show started, it's 16 hours to PEI. Uh, yeah, something like that. So we, we wouldn't do it as one straight shot without stopping. We usually do about half the trip in one day. Uh, with a break for lunch in between at a restaurant, and then uh, we stay overnight at a hotel somewhere, and then we uh, then we finish the rest of the trip. Okay, okay. I mean, so now that changes my calculation. Now I'm like, well, even Stu is not flying an airplane. He's willing to put himself through a 16-hour car ride with four children and multiple rest stops to in order to avoid flying on an airplane. And that now I'm like, we should not go. Forget about going on this trip. Just get rid of the five thousand dollars. But this whole thing is very frustrating, very frustrating. And then to make matters worse, so my wife and I, we've been kind of a little bit of bickering, a little bit of arguing because we're all, you know, no one really wants to commit to the plan, but nobody wants to decommit to the plan. <laughs> nobody wants to be the first one to, to really throw $5,000 away. Yeah. And then my wife calls the company. It's like, well, we have this credit hanging over us. And the company very nicely of them tells us, wait a minute, you already got paid your credit. And then, and then they look at the computer like, yeah, a few months ago we paid you. And then they look at it. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. That money got stuck. It's, it hasn't come out. It's stuck in accounts. It's stuck right? in account. how, what did they, how did they try to send it to you? Through a Kickstarter? <laughs> I don't know. But, but as of now, on the bright side, I might not have to worry about you know, wasting the $5,000. It's already gone. That, that's a possibility at this point. So I don't, know what, I don't know what's coming and going with this holiday season, but I don't know. Like if, we, if it wasn't for the $5,000, I probably wouldn't fly. It's, yeah. it's not even the fact of how actually unsafe or safe <laughs> the thing is. It's just the psychological duress of having to deal with the fact that if I get on the plane and go, I'll just be worried of cooties for the whole time, right? I'm going to be like, you know, you know, circle, circle, dot, dot. Now I got my cootie shot for like the next three and a half weeks, right? And, and won't be able to breathe properly until two weeks after the vacation, right? Assuming that I get back into Canada, you know, w- without being held up at the border, right? I, right? I have to go back to work at the end of this. So th- this whole thing is very just a stress thing. And it's probably for sure I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to yeah. be. But I don't know. Summer is coming. I'm not ready. How, how, how easy will you breathe being at home saying to yourself, I don't have COVID, but it cost me $5,000. <laughs> I, I guess as a physician, I'm supposed to be at that stage where, you know, if I can solve a problem with money, we just solve it with money. You know, it's the <laughs> least of the problems. It should be. You know, I went to medical school and did all this stuff to be able to do that. But sadly, that is not the way my cheapskate Chinese brain works. You know, my parents trained me too well. I still need to hunt for discounts and coupons and things like that. Well, I don't, I don't recall a portion of the Hippocratic Oath where we said that we would solve all our problems with money. <laughs> 
That's why they did away with the Hippocratic Oath because it's not a <laughs> practical thing for aspiring physicians to like, you know, be looking upon as their code. The uh, the when you said Sunwing, it just triggered me that this morning I read an article saying uh, Transport Canada has handed out a dozen penalties in total so far for passengers on a Sunwing flight. <laughs> uh, who flaunted vaccination rules and masks. Well, that's good. There's... That's good. It makes me feel more comfortable to know that my airline is sticking up for me if I get on the plane and the guy next to me is being a doorknob. Yeah, they've even got uh, video clips of uh, of the passengers on this overcrowded flight on, from Montreal to Cancun uh, <laughs> where there's pictures of people dancing, crowd surfing, and somebody vaping. So you don't won't, you won't have to worry about COVID. You'll be having too much fun on your Sunwing <laughs> flight to Cuba. Well, t- you know what? If if you could go on a trip and have that much fun, COVID would be worth it. But we're talking about traveling with children. You know, our own yeah. children, you know, can't sit still for more than 14 minutes and running the risk of COVID and, and dealing with going to a place to do that. That's not exactly the same trip as these guys are having, apparently. It's a, it's a bad sign when the, when the company is, is saying, oh, we tried to refund your money, but it got, uh, it got frozen. <laughs> uh, we, we, we assumed you wanted it to deposit directly into the Freedom Convoy Fund. Uh, and for some reason, the government froze that money. <laughs> but it'll, it'll come back to you later. It, it is also a thing in, in this day and age when you can't reliably feel that Sunwing will be around six months from now or a year from now. Right. You know, Like every business is teetering on the brink of collapse. I went, I went to the mall the other, on the weekend. There's a fancy upscale mall near our house, right? Yeah. And it's got like, you know, a lot of high-end stores historically, stores yeah. that I never venture into. But I notice them now because they're all gone, right? Half the mall is kind of boarded up. Like we were looking for a birthday present for my sister. Yeah. And I was like, there's no Roots. Roots is gone. Like that's the most Canadian store there is. Roots is gone. The tea store is gone. Everything's gone. <laughs> and... Ah, I don't know. Like, you, you know, you, you're holding these credits from these businesses that could go belly up at any second. Like, that's not reassuring either. I went and bought a fondue pot. I tried to return it that afternoon and the fondue store was closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's talk about junk food. I was, I was, I've been thinking that this is a topic that we really should have covered way earlier. And it's crazy that we're three years in the podcast. We have not gotten down to the nitty gritty of talking about junk food. Yeah, it's a topic we can sink our teeth into in a literal sense. <laughs> so I think the best way to go about this is we should talk about what are some of our favorite junk foods. Junk foods that medical doctors, you know, as medical junk fo- foods that as medical doctors, we give the seal of approval that these foods are worth dying for because they really are. They, if you eat enough of it, it will kill you. Nobody on their deathbed ever said, I wish I didn't eat that last Big Mac. Uh, except for somebody who died of heart disease or who was obese and lonely at the end of his life. So I I guess maybe many people should have said that at the end of their life. But you can, that's the beauty of junk food. You can never blame it on just one Big Mac, right? Nobody's ever died from eating one Big Mac, right? Nobody's ever, nobody's ever died of eating one potato chip because it is impossible to only eat one potato chip, period. Yes, it's not that last potato chip I wish I didn't eat. It's the first one. If I had eaten the first one, I wouldn't have ate the rest of the bag. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, definitely there's there's a an element of addiction and like drug-seeking behavior when it comes to a lot of junk food. 
Maybe yeah. maybe one thing we should start on is we should, you know, in the interest of medical science, and we always try to take topics seriously here. Yeah. We need to we need to we need the definition. What is the definition of junk food? I suppose the probably the purest definition of junk food would be uh, something that you eat for pleasure that has no or minimal uh, nutritional value. Fair enough. That's I think that says it pretty much. Now the follow up question is. How do we define if something has no nutritional value or not? Because some of the junk foods right. we list can be construed as sort of healthy in, by some measures, right? I'll throw a few foods at you and you tell me if these qualify as junk foods because I sometimes think of them as junk foods and I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe you should say, do I consider junk food? And then does my wife consider junk food? <laughs> My wife and I disagree about many things, but when it comes to uh-huh. junk food and which ones we like, we're on the same page. That is the hallmark of a quality relationship. Oh, yeah. Me, me and my wife are completely in sync about which junk foods we like <laughs> for the most part. Yes. Uh, although in terms of when we're giving stuff to the kids, what do we consider? Well, is that junk food versus just that something that's not very healthy? <laughs> that's where we might it, diverge. You could, you could argue that if you can find a partner who's in sync with you on junk foods, that that is in many ways more important than finding a person who's in sync with you about how should you plan your investments, Right. Or what's, right. what's your take? You know, should we be cremated or not? Like these things are not important. What your stance on junk food tells a lot about a potential partner in a way that's meaningful and affects you on a day to day basis. So some pe- some couples keep their finances separate. Uh, but once all that junk food goes in like a pantry, they can't keep their junk food separate because <laughs> if you bought some chips and your wife wants chips, she's going to eat chips. <laughs> no, junk food is meant to be shared together in a group. Right. Like. There's something communal about junk food as a bonding experience, right? You go, yeah, you can't do it as easily now during COVID, right? But, you know, you gather a bunch of dudes together to watch the game in front of the TV. You have to have the junk food bag get passed around from person to person, right? That's just how it is, right? We're all dipping our hands into the same greasy, salty mixture. Yeah, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Now everyone gets individualized packages. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was a student, I would get things like uh, Smarties or M&Ms or uh, like Frere shared chocolate, stuff like that. You'd get these things sometimes as, as presents at Christmas or on your birthday or you know, visit your parents at Easter, they might give you some chocolates. And my tendency was to save these things in my pantry. I had a section of my cupboard that was just all the yeah, the junk food that I was sort of saving for, okay, yeah, when I'm going to have a chance to sit down and watch a movie, I'm going to eat some of this stuff. Or uh, when I have people over, uh, we'll, we'll have some of this stuff. But uh, just being busy in med school those days, that, that part of the pantry just started to pile up and pile up. <laughs> so when I first started dating my wife, uh, she came over and opened a pantry and saw this. I was like, what is this? <laughs> How could you possibly have all this saved and not... And, and just not eat it, and not have the resistance to eat it. So yeah, yeah, she was uh, she was quite happy to see that junk food section of the pantry. And yeah, that, uh, it's been a while since I've had a section of the pantry that I'm able to save junk food in for months at a time. Well, so now we got a definition. I'll give you a couple foods that, to me, are not not my favorites, but they're kind of foods that sit in this borderline of what is junk food and what isn't. All right. Okay. Number one, pizza. Pizza is not, to me, pizza is not necessarily junk food, depending on whether it's store-bought pizza versus pizza that you make at home. 
But I think if we were going by my wife's definition, it'd be, yeah, that's, that's junk food. So pizza can be junk food at times. Now, if we break it down yeah. more, you know, more carefully, certain brands of pizza are junk food, apparently, and certain brands are well, not. I mean, if you go and get your own pizza dough uh, and mix up at home and then put your own sauce on it. Okay, and, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. We're, not, it. we're not talking about that. Nobody wants to eat that. That's not tasty <laughs> generally, right? At home, you then try to like, let's make it a whole wheat dough or some, some nonsense, right? I'm talking about store-bought pizzas, okay? Pizza Pizza. That's a Canadian brand that's, that's cheap. It's not good. It's okay. popular. Is it junk yeah, food? Yeah, it's... it's yeah, it's 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 junk. <laughs> it's junk. That's for sure. How about Domino's? <laughs> Domino's with the hundred uh, percent dairy, nice cheese. Is that junk food by your definition? Uh, well, okay. Let, let's put it this way. I mean, we're we're talking about what classifications are junk food. So we just, as a blanket statement, say is fast food junk food, or is that a separate ah, category? Yes, you've caught on to this. That's part yeah. of the question. Like, it sometimes it's difficult for patients or you know, adults even to figure out what is junk food or yeah. not. So one of the default yeah. ways we try to understand this is, is it the food available instantaneously? Cause if you walk into right. a store and you can walk out with food within two minutes, something's wrong. It's usually something that is junk. So I think traditionally people separate fast food and junk food into two different categories from the point of view, uh, pizza, you could eat that for a meal and it has nutritional value. Mm -hmm. You can get the nutrients you need from pizza, even from a, from a cruddy, pizza pizza brand pizza in the sense that you know if you were traveling on a desert island and you had a week's worth of pizza uh, well you you could just keep going indefinitely on that pizza <laughs> it's just that slowly over time that pizza while giving you nutrition also gives you a, a disproportionate amount of uh, excess fat and things that are going to be bad for you right which is a bit of a distinction from something like uh like a bag of jujubes a bag of jujubes <laughs> that's uh uh, that has sugar in it, but essentially nothing else of any nutritive value. Right. So, you know, you could survive off jujubes for a certain period of time, but you're going to start to have all these nutritional deficiencies from that. So there are 50 shades of gray when it comes to junk food. Like some junk foods are a lot worse than other ones is what we're saying. Uh, I mean, from the point of view, one does not consume a bag of M&Ms for dinner. Uh, uh, in that sense, that would be worse than pizza. However, in the practical way that we use these things, uh, uh, people are probably having more of a problem from eating too much fast food than they are from eating an otherwise well-balanced diet, but then having too many instances of also then on top of that, having some M&Ms. Okay, fi finishing so, the thought about pizza. Yeah. Is Domino's junk food? Uh, so I guess... If we're saying that fast food is not junk food in general, then no, Pizza Pizza and Domino's are not junk food. But I just meant Pizza Pizza is junk because the quality <laughs> of the pizza is just that bad. So if we're saying that pizza is kind of borderline junk food, right? Now, here's another one. How about pasta? Like you can go to Pizza Hut and get a pizza or you can get pasta. They seem very similar. It's like the same sauce, meat, you know, you know, it's red. It's thrown onto a thing that's carbohydrate laden, you know, but we don't yeah. ever think of pasta as being junk food. Like you could probably walk into Pizza Pizza. I don't, pizza Pizza has pasta also, like some baked pastas, I think, or Domino's and, and come out of it and feel like I didn't eat junk food. I had pasta tonight. That's <laughs> healthy, right? Is that fair? I mean, for the most part, 
uh, all this fast food is junk food, <laughs> uh, right? It, it, from the same logic as I can prepare a pizza at home with some store-bought flour and dough uh, and then put on some spaghetti sauce and uh, a, a reasonable modicum of cheese and some, vegeta- some vegetables and some meat. And it's a relatively healthy thing. You wouldn't want to eat that for dinner every day, but we probably could escape our definition of purely junk food. Mm. And then you buy that same pizza at a, at a restaurant and it's junk. Uh, the same thing goes for the pasta. The way they prepare that pasta in the store is generally going to be infused with deliciousness that makes you want to buy it, but also is not good for your body. To put it into context, what do you think is the most fat on the McDonald's menu? If you go to McDonald's, what do you think is the, the, the most fat you can order? Oh, man, I, I feel like as a family physician, I should actually know this answer, but I'm, I, I'm totally in the dark. I'm going to have to take a guess. Sure. I feel like the way the question's been set up, that there's a trick here. <laughs> I'm going to say Chicken McNuggets. Uh, no, it's not the Chicken McNuggets. Uh, I mean, if this information is still accurate from the days when I was uh, tracking... Don't say filet fish the, uh, Don't say the filet no. fish No, it's a muffin. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I didn't realize we were counting breakfast. Uh, I don't mean an Egg McMuffin. I'm talking about just yes. an actual muffin. Yes. You know, you get a coffee and a muffin. Muffins, yeah. muffins have escaped the junk food label somehow, whereas donuts get a really bad rap. But the truth is that muffins are worse a lot of the time. Uh, you, you conceptualize that. Well, I baked it. You know, <laughs> it's wholesome baked. My grandmother bakes. How could it be bad for my grandmother's not right? It's to kill not me. deep fried, and it has fruit. That's a lot right. of them have cranberries and blueberries. That's that's antioxidants happening there. That's right. That's right. But those 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 are just lard. That's what makes them taste so good. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why never in your life have you ever created a muffin that comes close to tasting as delicious <laughs> as a McDonald's muffin. Yeah. So actually, one of our take home points is that if you want to just like be a little healthier next time you reach for that muffin let go of the muffin and just eat the donut right you're actually better off and it tastes better like that is the way to go like when you're at tim hortons yeah so you know before anybody from the mcdonald's corporation you know before ronald mcdonald shows up my house with his briefcase and his litigation uh like we'll concede that yeah if you uh, scan the menu carefully and look at all the nutritional facts, uh, then it is conceivable that you can go to one of these fast food restaurants and, uh, and supposedly eat healthy or at least eat in such a way that you, uh, you know, don't have a heart attack, right? Like Jared going to uh, uh, Subway and uh, just not eating uh, like anything with mayonnaise on it or whatever did manage to technically lose weight uh, in combination with uh, ex- exercise. Uh, so not to say that it couldn't conceivably done, but generally speaking, uh, those menus are very much designed to to kind of make you want to eat the food and they want to make you eat the food, but make it taste good and they make it taste good by making it unhealthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So pasta can be healthy. So we, we seem to be adhering to the fact that if you can make it at home, it's better. But if it's bought and it's fast, generally it's bad. Yeah. I think if we're trying to just make a easy to digest definition of uh, junk food. All right. Well, bear, bear in mind, the, if we're talking beyond the realm of junk food and we're just talking about healthy diets, a healthy diet has to be in balance. Mm-hmm. So can pasta be part of a healthy diet? Sure. Can you eat pasta for three meals a day and not have any consequences? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> can you live off of mac and cheese even if you made it yourself? Probably not the best thing for you, though. Right. Uh, so you can have a, but a, but a balanced diet is key to healthy. But if we're talking about food where you're saying, yeah, but this veers into the territory where the negative effects of the food 
physically are going to outweigh any nutritive intake, then yeah, that's, let's say all this fast food, we'll call it junk food for argument's sake. All right. Well, let's move on on our list then. Let's pick, let's identify a couple foods that we love and give them the medical yes. dad stamp of approval so that next time people can go in and eat these on occasion guilt-free because their doctor told them it was okay to do so. Okay, yeah, this is this is the medical dad's seal of <laughs> approval on these junk food. Because uh, are, are we just talking about the junk food that we like, that, that, that tastes good? Absolutely. I'm not talking about junk food okay. I don't like. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, absolutely, I, I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, uh, I like it. I don't, I wouldn't put it on the love list. I I love Kentucky Fried Chicken, especially when I I ask them for dark meat. Mm. I like the dark meat Kentucky Fried Chicken. I was hearing something on the radio once where they were talking about the whole uh, marketing industry uh, behind white meat <laughs> and uh, chicken breast, and how that's a very like North American construct that we love white meat, like. If you go back to the 40s and 50s, nobody thought white meat was good. It's the dry part of the bird. Who loves white uh, meat? White meat is not meant to be discussed on a food, a podcast about junk food, right? You know what? You know where there's a lot of white meat? Chicken McNuggets. <laughs> Chicken McNuggets uh, are white meat. And uh, apparently... The demand for white meat uh, actually surged with the invention of the chicken McNugget. Really? Chicken McNuggets were made of, yeah, white meat. Whoa. And then that drove up the demand for producing all this white meat. <laughs> and that started to lead, like, lead into this, this, this North American obsession with, uh, with white meat. Wow. So you mean next time we get chicken McNuggets and people start harping on how unhealthy this is in my house, you know, I can, I can raise up the chicken McNuggets and say, this is white meat. <laughs> Yeah, this, I'm just eating the white meat. The white meat cooked in animal fat, but white meat. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, man. You you seem to have a lot of these, you know, for you know, pardon the pun, nuggets about McDonald's. <laughs> like you have a lot of these little nuggets of information that I'm learning a lot. Well, I did work there from 1996 until <laughs> I think uh, 2001. <laughs> Amazing. So we're gonna at the end of this episode, we're all gonna go out to McDonald's and enjoy whatever else you tell us hey, to eat. You know, I'm gonna. <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's food and all the heart attacks it caused paid my way through undergrad. <laughs> as long as those heart attacks happen to other people, it's all good. Yeah, we could do a whole separate episode on uh, things I things I know about McDonald's. <laughs> do you know that they uh, they didn't they didn't cook the burgers on a grill where they actually flip them? So when people say, "Oh, I don't want a job at McDonald's flipping burgers," I say, "No, no, no, we, no, we didn't flip the burgers." <laughs> I I've seen at McDonald's that the burger gets put into this little. It looks like a toaster oven device, and it, it's put in for a bit and then taken out. But I don't know what actually happens in there. It might be a microwave. It might be an actual toaster oven. What is it? Well, the uh, they, they they do change the equipment over the years. So, but when I was there, you the it, the burgers were cooked on a giant clamp. Mm. So it was a grill, and then there's a giant clamp you press down on it, and so it cooked the burger from both sides at mm. the same time. Uh, then you would uh, press it against the the top of the clamp to like squeeze out all the some of the the fatty juice, and then, then you'd serve it up. So I, I was never flipping burgers. I was just clamping <laughs> them. I was clamping burgers. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you did meet your wife at McDonald's back in the day. Isn't that true? This is true. <laughs> this is true. We didn't start dating at McDonald's, but she worked there at the same time I did. And uh, they used to do things to sort of keep the, uh, the employees happy, right? right? So we would, we, we had, there's this trip to Canada's Wonderland. <laughs> 
Uh, we got on a bus and we drove to Canada's Wonderland, spent the day there, came back. And I ended up sitting next to her on the bus. So that's where I first met her. And then after that, I would uh, you know, talk and joke around with her when I saw her at McDonald's. And then later when I was in Kingston uh, in med school, uh, and she was in Kingston as, as well, and I ran into her there. That's, I had this in. Yeah, I had this, this reason to be able to talk to her. And so before, I think before we actually went on a first like, uh, real date, we just went out for lunch. Mm. And uh, as we're chit-chatting and stuff through lunch, uh, it just ended up stretching into the afternoon, and then lunch just uh, turned into dinner, and we ended up spending an entire day, to, day with mm. each other. And I remember towards the end of it, her saying, like, wow, we didn't talk about McDonald's once <laughs> in the whole time that we've been together. <laughs> I was like, yes, by design, I need to show you that <laughs> there's more to me than, than the guy who claps burgers. <laughs> yeah, so you held in all your McDonald's information until today, and you're letting it all loose. <laughs> That's right. It's all coming out now. So then as a couple now with kids, do you, you know, what's your stance on McDonald's? It must hold a special place in your hearts, given that it was the root of your relationship. Yeah, I mean, the value of McDonald's is, is purely psychological in the sense that there's nothing that good about the food for my kids, <laughs> uh, but they, they love the McDonald's experience. So it's always a, a big treat and excitement to be able to get McDonald's food. <laughs> uh, where you might sometimes order McDonald's and they didn't even eat all the food. They just got the toy uh, and then we're happy. So yeah, my kids, we, we'll usually on their birthday, let them choose what they want to eat. And usually one of the meals that they'll want that day is, is McDonald's food. So Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. That's your favorite. So I'm a, I'm, I love fried chicken. Fried chicken is on my list of favorite things to eat, but not Kentucky Fried Chicken. So maybe I'm ordering it wrong. You have to tell me, how do I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken? What do I do to create, you know, the right order, you know, of what your favorite thing is? I, I think I think I'm just not I don't know what I'm doing when I go to that store. So I like to make I like to get uh, the, like a, one of these chicken buckets and we'll ask them. Sometimes they'll ask you if you want more white meat or dark meat. I usually say, yeah, yeah, as much dark meat as you can. I always get the little coleslaw and the little mm. noodle salad. Okay, now you're making it healthy. Now that's all the healthy stuff. Yeah, although I would not recommend as part of a regular balanced diet that you regularly consume the <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken noodle salad. <laughs> I don't think that is. I think that still fits into our junk food pasta definition. Okay, so now, now you're, you know, 40-something. Cat's out of the bag. We're all in our 40s. You get this bucket home. How many pieces of it can you eat in one sitting and still feel like you're going to wake up tomorrow morning in one piece? <laughs> I mean, in the moment, you can go quite deep into that bucket. Uh, how you feel when you try to wake up the next morning is a whole other story. So, yeah, how many pieces do you eat? You know, it's a six-piece bucket, right? I, I can't eat six pieces. I mean, I could, but what's what's? how do you eat this? Like, how do you eat it, and do you eat all the chicken? Do you not eat the skin? Like, this is an Asian thing. Like, we, we try to tell ourselves okay. we're being healthy. We don't eat the skin. And the problem with Kentucky no, Fried no, Chicken no. is... The whole thing is the skin. There's nothing to eat other than the skin. It, it actually doesn't matter whether you get white meat or dark meat. You need to eat the skin. I mean, the skin is, of course, key. Uh, you know, with my family of six over here, if I tell me to order one of these buckets, I'm lucky if I get two pieces, <laughs> right? But yeah, I would say if you're going to tear the skin off to try to eat healthy, then don't bother. Don't bother getting <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. Just go get something else. Because uh, that is that is the best part. No. When you get the white meat, it is kind of gross that, you know, all you can really eat is the skin and the rest can sometimes be extremely, extremely <laughs> Yes, it dry. is terrible. It um, is not good. Yeah. Whereas if you get the dark meat, uh, uh, vegetarian listeners, just cover <laughs> your ears if they're not covered already for, for 20 more seconds. 
But the first bite of the Kentucky Fried Chicken is the part that's really mm. good. And sometimes I'll try to get it on my fork where I get a big chunk of the meat, uh, most of the skin, and then I'll put on the fork some of the some of the coleslaw and maybe even some of the noodles so you get a little bit of that crunchy, like acidic uh, bite to it. And I'll put all that in my mouth to chew that up. Uh, yeah, that, that first bite is bliss. That's delicious. You know, I have to tell the truth. I I don't like Kentucky Fried Chicken that much because of, you know, partly because the white meat is very dry, but partly because of the way it's priced, all right? Like, my wife okay. is a big Taco Bell person, and for people who don't know, yeah. Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken have sort of merged in a lot of places, so you, you can go to a store yeah. that has both of these things side by side or drive through the same drive through and get both, right, simultaneously, yeah. you know? Two junk yeah. foods for the price of one trip of gas, but... Yeah. frequently I get there and I'm like, I can't, I'm not ordering a bucket. So one of the things we do is, you know, sometimes late at night, we're in the mood for a snack. I'll head out, you know, price of gas be damned and get some snacks, you know, through, through the drive through or something. <laughs> and I'll pull up at Taco Bell and I'll look at the thing and I'll be like, well, I, I don't really want to pay for six piece bucket or whatever size, a 10 piece, but I would be happy to have two pieces of chicken. So I tried this one time, right? I'm just like, you can order chicken individually, apparently, at KFC, and this isn't even a thing. It's not a balanced. It's diet. not balanced because it ends up costing you like thirteen ninety nine for these two little pieces of chicken. I don't know how they're pricing it. Like between the actual cost of the chicken, individual pieces, and then the fact that they're marking it up to try to encourage you to buy more, and then the tax. Yeah. Like it's just obnoxious at the end. I was like, like literally, I don't think it was thirteen nine. It was like twelve dollars or something for these two pieces, and they're not yeah. big pieces by any means. Yeah. And it was so. So that is actually one of the reasons I'm very reluctant to buy chicken. They don't. Don't sell it in a way that is that easy for a person to get a small amount of. The Kentucky Fried Chicken is not meant to be eaten that way. You know, historically, the, the, the rationale behind Kentucky Fried Chicken was that families were getting busy back in the whatever, mm. 40s, 50s or 60s when the place came out. Um, but everybody still liked to have their big Sunday dinner. Mm. Kentucky Fried Chicken was trying to get that idea of, you know what, you can have your, your big Sunday dinner and we'll make it for you. And that's that was the whole thing with Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it's really meant to be your your big bucket of chicken that you're sharing about amongst a family with uh, your all those little side orders and gravy and and that mm -hmm. type of stuff. So uh, yeah, if you just sort of went and ordered just the chicken, especially if it's from one of these Kentucky Fried Chickens that uh, sort of shares a thing with a Taco Bell, I feel like you're not getting the same <laughs> same quality, the same type of thing. But I, I have to say, those big freestanding Kentucky Fried Chickens, there's not, not as many of those around as there used to be, and uh, like like yourself and like many people, my wife finds the the idea that it's basically just like this delicious coating that's sprayed on <laughs> what could be chicken or could be a a brick for all we know. Uh, she doesn't. She finds Kentucky Fried Chicken somewhat disgusting. So we only have it maybe once a year. Once a lucky. year. Oh, uh, that that's just sad. Yeah. That a food that you've listed as one of your favorites is only appearing once a year. Well, maybe that's why it's one of my favorites. <laughs> I like McDonald's food too, but. Uh, you know, with, with kids' birthdays, you know, that's at least four times a year. Plus, McDonald's, we have one close to our house. It's an easy thing if you're coming back from somewhere late <laughs> or something like that. And, well, what, what can we get that the kids will want? Uh, so we probably have McDonald's something like, you know, maybe five or six times a year mm. at least. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't have that same special 
special place in, in my heart that it might if I was only eating that once a year. We've encountered a problem at this point of the podcast. I'm looking at the clock. It's 46 minutes in. We've talked about a bit about one food. We're never going to get through this <laughs> list. I, I don't know what we're going to do. There's going to have to be a part two. <laughs> I'm up for part two. So this is fast food. Today we'll talk. It's, it's... No, no. Today is just chicken. I don't think we're going to get out of the chicken category. <laughs> You talked about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, I don't know if you know this because you're in Ottawa and I'm in Toronto, but KFC is a very popular thing in, in Toronto now, but I'm not talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken. I've been driving around seeing stores selling fried chicken with the, with the initials KFC on it, but they're talking about yeah. Korean fried chicken. This is a thing now. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no, I've not heard about so, this. Korean fried chicken, huh? I mean... Koreans, they copy a lot of stuff and make it better than the original, right? Like, you know, all those electronics that we used to get from Japan, now we always buy Korean brands. You know, people drive Korean cars. Yeah. Korean fried chicken is the real deal, all right? Interesting. Does it have a Colonel Sanders or is he a general? There's, there's no Colonel. There's no elderly white man looking over your shoulder when you try to eat your chicken, all right? <laughs> Just the supreme leader? <laughs> This North Korean fried chicken? <laughs> this South Korean fried chicken, man. <laughs> Democratic free fried chicken for everyone, right? It's not discriminatory. I had not tried this thing until like maybe two or three years ago when I noticed that, you know, a lot of these shops are popping up and some of my friends were like, you know, let's go for beers. We're going to have fried chicken, Korean fried chicken. I'm like, this is a thing. And I Initially, I was kind of like off put by it because I had not eaten much fried chicken in a long time. Right. I had always yeah. been a chicken wings person, which is another fast food that I love. Uh, you're like Elvin. <laughs> <laughs> Elvin from the Cosby show. Breast or thigh, Elvin? Uh, wing. <laughs> Martin. All right. Give me the breast. <laughs> yeah, that's completely nonsense. Who eats the breast? We already talked about that. But but. So I started eating, I had a bit of this Korean fried chicken stuff and I was like, okay, it's not bad. And it actually made me go back and try K Kentucky fried chicken just to do a comparison. And, and uh. now fried chicken has become a thing again. Like, I don't know if it ever went away, but in Toronto, you know, you have, you have a bunch of these chains of Korean fried chicken. Like the one near my house is called My My Chicken, which is outstanding. And these, these kind of... Okay. Fried chickens are more like a gourmet kind of thing. Like they do fried chicken, okay. but it costs way more than Kentucky fried chicken. So you're looking at like 20 something dollars for a small, you know, for a small bucket that might have like six or eight pieces. And then you're looking at like $49 for like a party size. Like these are massive fried chicken things, huh. right? But they're so good. And then the seasoning, there's so many varieties of seasoning. You can get like curry flavored, you can get super spicy, you can get original. And then to, to, to go with it, there's often a lot of the Korean side dishes. So there's a bit of kimchi on the side or some pickled vegetables. Okay. It's really outstanding. And there's so much variety. And you're not, you know, you're not shopping at the big corporate conglomerate anymore, right? You're, you're with the little guy. Yeah. So it's like a feel-good story all around, and it tastes good. Like this, this is a thing that you need to try at some point is this so these do they use asian spices on their original recipe or is it something that you're like oh this is reminiscent of like the southern it's, it's pretty American westernized spices. it's pretty westernized there's nothing specifically asian about it unless you try to do like the curry flavor which would sometimes have a little bit of the japanese curry kind of kind of flavoring to it which is very good you know but is it finger licking <laughs> good 
Well, that's that a trademark. There's nothing that can be finger licking good. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah, the slogan for your my side chicken is tastes so good you lick your toes. <laughs> so that's one, and and we've talked about this other one on the show before, but that's Jollibee, which is Filipino fried chicken, which to me is one of the greatest yeah. fried chickens of all. All right. Well, I mean, there's a certain nostalgia for the brand, but I'm not married to it, so I'll happily try some of these other ones <laughs> and. Uh, if they taste better, I would be happy to declare someone else the new, the new champion. In the meantime, I'll continue to order my bucket of just skins, <laughs> my KFC bucket of skins. Well, that is one way to eat it healthier is to just eat the skins. At least you're cutting your calorie count down. You're not eating any actual meat. <laughs> my kids are always trying to do that. Just eat the skin. My wife's going crazy. You can't just eat the skin. But uh, I guess from a certain logic... If you were going to eat all that skin plus the chicken. Yeah, anyway, you might as well. You can be like, I'm not eating the meat today. I'm on a diet. <laughs> that's going to be my new diet from now on is I'm going to eat just the fat off of anything I eat. I'm not going to eat anything else but just the fat uh, so that my calorie count at least will well, be Well, there lower. is this thing where like as medical professionals, our take on fat has changed, right? Like 25 years ago we were so down on fat as a society of scientists, right? Yeah. We're like, fat is yeah. bad for you. We want low fat this, low fat that. And now, yeah. you know, people got tired of talking about fat and they needed a new thing to target. So now they're targeting carbs, right? So it's like carbs yeah, are bad. Sugar. Fat, actually, you need some fat in your diet. So, you know, you could your kids could say, I need some fat in my diet. You know, leave me alone while I eat the skin, right? Give me a steak. I'll just trim the fat, eat it. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, anyways, there you go. We're, we've talked about fried chicken and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) With a little bit of, a little bit of discussion about McDonald's, which you didn't tell me where your family is, stands on. Where do we stand on McDonald's? If, when it comes time to pick food, McDonald's does not, you know, register usually, you know, you know, yeah. It's, a, it's one of these doctor biases, you know, like you become a physician and you get all like uppity in life and you're too good for McDonald's, right? And yeah. so we rarely will order from there. I don't think the burgers there taste that good compared to various other burgers around. Like I'll, I'm going to give a shout out to Harvey's, the Canadian brand, or, or Wendy's, you yeah. know, I think they have a good burger. But McDonald's, like you said, is a pretty fun experience, you know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like recently we had a night where we went skating, you know, and we kind of finished, we've our, I, our rink time ended at eight 30. It was kind of late. My son usually is in bed around eight 15. So he's already pushing it. And you finish skating, you gotta, you gotta change out of your boots, change out of your skates and then yeah. get in the car, say bye to everyone. So it's like nine 20, you know, as we're heading home kind of thing and it's getting late yeah. and then everyone's hungry because skating is good for working up an appetite when you're like a kid even when you're an adult so we're driving down the street we're like should we get tim hortons should we get you know mcdonald's and tim hortons always kind of you know tim hortons is not going to get mentioned on this list of favorite junk foods but as a store probably deserves some mention because i just feel that store is full of junk food like there's nothing there that's healthy like you go into tim hortons to eat something it's going to be laden with sugar right and and we made fun yeah. of fu- carbs and and fats but my personal thing is i think sugar is is the big enemy right and you know like you said the muffins aren't even healthy we often go to tim hortons like i'll eat healthy i'll have a muffin right and that that's not happening <laughs> the healthiest thing there is a coffee get a black coffee even <laughs> that right you know like i want I've, I've had people i want three sugars and three milks with my coffee or something anyways so we're coming back and we're like 
you know, forget the Tim Hortons. It's on the wrong side of the street. I don't want to make a U-turn. Let's get McDonald's. And then, and then, and so the kids are like, yeah, get McDonald's. So we hadn't gotten McDonald's in a long time. And this was like a couple of weeks ago. We ended up getting like a couple boxes of nuggets and you come home, you know, you're tired. You just skated for an hour, you know, you're yeah. cold. Chicken McNuggets taste amazing in that specific <laughs> situation. <laughs> like yeah. it's not fried chicken, it's not Jollibee, it's not even KFC, but it's it's pretty good in that situation. That's where our family stands. So we're like next skating, every skating trip has to end at Chicken McNuggets. Now that's a thing. <laughs> One of the things that always disturbs me a little bit about McDonald's, the the uh, a Big Mac is delicious. A Big Mac tastes really good, although I tend not to order it because you always feel extra sick after you eat Big Mac. <laughs> But it's good. But, but the thing about a Big Mac is every part of the Big Mac tastes good and tastes the same. <laughs> that you're finished eating it and there's just a piece of lettuce and you put that in your mouth and it tastes like the rest of the Big Mac. You could pretty much eat the cardboard box and be like, yep, tastes like a Big Mac. So I wonder, what exactly are they doing? I don't think, I don't think what's happening is something to do with the lettuce. What's actually happening is happening to your mouth. Right. Like you after eating a Big Mac, you can walk around and and do the breath test and be like, what did I just eat? And they're like, oh, a Big Mac. Right. So something's <laughs> happening inside your mouth physiologically at that point. McDonald's food spices your DNA while you're eating it. <laughs> well, in your children's case, you know, it gave them their DNA. So we can't complain. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No matter what else, I always have a certain loyalty to that company because they uh, they treated me quite well. It was a great place to have a part time part time job. <laughs> You know what? I think we're going to have to cut this podcast here and then reconvene mm. to go through the rest of our list. Like I, I, I told you, we we're supposed to have like three things, three favorite junk foods each to go through. And, and we've only covered one item right so far. <laughs> well, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about this trip to Cuba that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Where the food, I'll tell you, is terrible, by the way. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to uh, to leave it for this week. And uh, great, we don't have to think of a new topic yes. for next week. We'll continue on talking about... Next week, we talk about potatoes, all right? Sit tight, because that is going to be off the shizzle. <laughs> How could something that on its own tastes so bad be turned into so many delicious <laughs> things that are bad for you? Yes, but it's a vegetable. It's not that bad. It's a vegetable. <laughs> that's right. All right, stay tuned. Bye, folks. See you in a week.